Why do you think most people fail to make money online? Is it FOMO? Is it shiny object syndrome? Or is it more complex? Is it a combination of both and more complex? And what do we need to do to set ourselves up to actually win and make money online through buying a business or any type of investment? Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Businesses today, but today I've got a co-host, William Griffin. William Griffin is somebody that I've been working with. He's bought a business. He's a success story from one of our Bob members. He's a graduate. He's bought a business. I'm helping him scale his business. He's started another business um, that he's super passionate about that we're growing as well. And in this podcast episode, William interviews me. There's some fascinating questions that William has for me. We go and talk about what a good website actually looks like, what a good content site looks like in terms of its risk, in terms of its growth opportunities, what a good website should have that you should be looking at purchasing. We go through things like you know the domain rating, we go through single source dependency, we go through monetization and spreading risk. We also talk about how to determine those risks and how you should decide whether you should take on those risks or not. And here's the kicker, everybody's totally different with their different risk tolerances, which I explain. And then William asked me, how did actually, how did this whole business and this podcast and everything start? Like how did buying online businesses start? I'd share the actual origin story of how this started with me traveling and a lot of people asking for my help through buy, you know, from buying a business. We also talk about what actually stops people from getting into the point where they're buying an online business. Then we talk about my role models, who I look up to, some anti-goals, some parts of people that I do like, parts of people that I don't like, and what I choose to keep and choose to not keep and how I lean more into who I am as a person and become better at being me with using some of the other modalities that other people that I look up to actually use. We also talk about one of my favorite success stories. Some of it's vanity metric, but the more valuable one is one that just hits home for me. And uh, I'm sure you'll hopefully feel that when I when I talk about it as well. And then the last sort of thing I talk about is William asked me about what advice would I give my 18-year-old self, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I hope this is a valuable episode. I really do. So let me know if you think it is a valuable episode. Uh, email in any questions you have that William could ask me. But let's dive in. I'm going to hand the microphone over to William and let's have a chat. Jared Krause. How are you doing? I'm really good, William. How are you doing? Good, man. I'm excited to do this podcast to co-podcast, co-host this podcast with you. Is that what we say? Is that what? Yeah, we're I'm excited. I'm. Yeah, it's fun. I'm. I'm enjoying this. Like we've got to keep doing it. And uh, I think I think we should have people email in and let us know if they think this is valuable, so we can do more or more topics. Maybe they can even hit up some questions, you know, like send some questions in. I like that idea. If people would email in questions, that would be very fun to ask you questions that maybe I've even never seen. That would be kind of cool. But luckily today I've prepared questions beforehand. We're not leaving it up to our audience. Let's get straight into it. I wanted to ask yeah. you, I wanted to pick your brain. What does a quality website look like to Jared Krause? Oh, oh. So what type, are we talking, what type of business model? I'll qualify it. What is a quality I could almost say, what does a quality business look like to Jared? Or what does a quality website yeah. business look like to Jared? Let's say for content. Let's pick specifically content. Content websites. sites. Quality de is determined by, my my definition is, by, is determined by the minimal risk. Uh, I think we talked about before, 
there's there's infinite opportunity. I think we may have mentioned that in the last podcast that there's always infinite opportunity uh, everywhere. So why not buy a business that's got minimal risk that's got infinite opportunity versus something that's got more risks with infinite opportunity? <laughs> so to me, a quality site, the foundation, the baseline, I guess, is minimal risk. And what that looks like is for a content site is no single source dependency on most of traffic coming to one page. No single source dependency on just one affiliate. Ad networks, I can, I'm okay with single source dependency on one ad network. For example, if it's Zoic and something happens to the site and we can't do it, we can go back to AdSense or we can go to MediaVine or AdThrive. There's multiple ad networks and changing it over isn't too much of a risk. Sometimes there may be a variation in earning per monthly views or RPM, whatever you want to call it. That single source dependency is not too bad. I don't like to see too much traffic from heavily from Pinterest or social media. Pinterest is a search engine, but social media and Pinterest traffic can be a lot more fickle. The intent of the traffic isn't as high as say people going to Google to search for uh, you know keywords and search for information. So I'd like a, a lot of the traffic coming from, from Google organic traffic, uh, not too much like or a heavy load on traffic from Pinterest and social media. I'm talking like 40% plus. Uh, there are some risks to bear with that. No like personal brand dependency. If there's a good logical way that we can remove personal brand dependency, that's good, but I'd prefer not having too much personal brand dependency. I'm looking at backlinks. Uh, there's a lot. There's, as you can see, I could just go on and on and on and on. But the main ones are what are the opportunities with EAT? Does it have EAT or not? What would it take to build EAT? If that's not too much of a hurdle, that can be still be a decent site. Uh, backlinks, does it need a lot of work with the backlinks? More often than not, I find Google allow a pretty lenient with a lot of non-quality links on sites, but what's the DR of the site, like the authority, mm. uh, which helps us understand what the scalability of the site is in terms of how many keywords it can rank for moving forwards. I like a DR that's semi-decent, but not too maxing out. So there's still room for growth. Um, and yeah, the main thing is this, those single source dependency. There's a risk we cannot get away from if you have. Um... Yeah. I mean, that's right. Like you can eventually, but it just, so risks are all opportunities in disguise, but how much of it is too much of a risk because you can take on a risk, but you still need to have a plan to either minimize it or remove it. And if that plan, and you don't have confidence in the plan because you've never don't have experience in removing or de-risking that type of risk within the business or a content site, and you don't have confidence in yourself that that risk may actually be too much of a risk for somebody to take on unless they're really committed to learning and giving themselves a bit more time uh, to decrease it or remove it. Okay. So you, yeah, you touched on risk. So something I see is that people, oh, there are risks with this business, I'm moving on. Can you talk to us about how do you view risk when it comes to a business and whether you should walk away or it's an acceptable risk? How I view it is, is what I mentioned before is like, everything has risks, right? Like mm -hmm. if I wanna cross the road to get to the beach, you know, there's, there's a danger in that, but the reward's gonna be quite high and I know how to walk and I know how to <laughs> like wait for gaps in, in traffic and, and get across the road. I'm pretty confident in getting across <laughs> a very busy road, right? I do it quite regularly. So, it's, and I know it's yeah. funny, but you can That's relate true. this I to science. It's yeah. for example, risk tolerance is like, okay, we've got a site that has 
no EAT, but it's got a heavy, heavy load on affiliate content or affiliate revenue mm. for somebody that has never built EAT for an affiliate site. They don't have that much confidence. So the risk may be a bit higher, right? So you've got the level of risk can be higher for one individual and lesser for another individual. And then you also have another factor, which is that person's individual risk tolerancy. For example, I love cliff jumping, right? I, I take risks in, in diving off cliffs, huge heights, 19 meters into water, you know, all around different places in the world. I love it. But there's other people that just wouldn't take on that risk, right? They're so they're too worried about it. It's too much for them. Personally, in investing, I don't like to take on too much risk because I believe in minimal risk and infinite opportunity. But some people are like, well, this site needs a lot of work. It's got a lot of risk, but I'm prepared to learn a lot and go for it. So how I value risk will be very different to how another individual values risk, that's a beautiful thing because everybody's different and there's no right or wrong. And that's how I look at it is those variables though, is like you can have your own personal risk tolerancy and then that will determine your confidence in you being able to de-risk or minimize that risk with your resources that you have. It could be time and it could be money and commitment to, to, get past those risks or minimize or reduce them. So everybody's different. A risk for so-and-so who just never bought a website is different than the risk Mm. for Jared. That's, that's interesting. It's based on your skill level kind of, or your experience almost. Yeah, exactly. And I find that beginners will take more risk than experienced investors. (laughs) And your eyes are like lighting up and being like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And I, and I kind of like that. The reason I like it is because I was there. And if I didn't take the bigger risks and my risk tolerance wasn't so low, like if my risk barrier was so small, I could just jump over it like it was when I first started, I would have never bought an online business. Oh. And I would have never bought something with minimal risk or with a lot of risk and turned it around because the ambition for beginners is a lot higher. And I like that. It's like, it's like kids that go to the skate park, mm-hmm. they bounce, right? They, they're going to drop into like a 12, 15 foot bowl or they're going to jump in on their BMX bike. And they're, you know, I've been to the skate park with young kids that are like seven and doing flips and things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no way that I would even try that because I don't want to break a bone. But for them, they're like, what's there to lose? Like, that's another beautiful thing about investing is beginners just, I like to see them go for it versus me. Like, it's more about preserving preserving wealth (laughs) yeah growth versus preservation yeah good point different different times call for different uh appetites (laughs) yeah oh man okay so okay we've we just talked about risk where i want us to go is the idea of oh these fun people here's my question these fun people over here are doing stuff me the business buyer i have a fear of missing out can you talk to us about fear of missing out talk us a little yeah, bit about so that. what is it and and what is it's what is a potential problem with fear of missing out so what do you mean by that like fear of missing out on what and you said there's these people over here that are doing this and i've got the fear of like is it people do you mean when people you, are worried that they're not going to be able to buy a business or what's what's the here, what here's mean? here's what i'm getting at so you you are very you do this very specific job you jared so when mm. you, Jared, hear about other people doing other stuff that's unrelated, how do you handle the fear of missing out or how do you 
how do you keep away yeah. from doing things just because of the, the fear of missing out? You know, I like it. So for example, if I'm an online business investor, and like buying online businesses and then crypto in two years time, when the market's not so bad, just goes boom, it just starts going off. And, and I'm like seeing the results of other people mm -hmm. and I'm just like getting edgy about it and, and going like, oh damn, maybe I've done the wrong thing. I like to revert back to a few core philosophies and principles that I hold close to myself and, and like to use. And that is that the best returns, I believe, come from time in the space, being in the space a long period of time, because then your knowledge compounds, which means when your knowledge compounds, you get you can get better returns from it. There's this thing about shiny object syndrome is real, right? Shiny object syndrome is very closely tied to FOMO, the fear of missing out. I also understand that there's so many variables that have happened for an investor or somebody that's posted something on social media uh, for them in order to get a result. For example, there was a guy that I went to school with and he probably spent a lot of money on, on gambling, but there's this one big race in Australia. It's a, a horse racing race. And he, I think he put like 120 bucks down and he got like a hundred or 200 grand, right? People go, oh my God, I need to start gambling. Well, no, you don't know about the situation this person. He might've spent 250 grand in gambling prior to getting this big win. And his stress levels may be up and down. So I like to, this is a scary thing. Sometimes people like to, can, a lot of people, social media and stuff like that is, is compa like life comparisons. Like how can you go, I think it's impossible for people to go on social media and not compare their lives to others, which is why I just dislike going on social media mm -hmm. and I have so many barriers for me to prevent me from even going on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or anything like, think like that. Because then what can happen is, fear gets instilled because you compare your life and then you look at shiny object syndromes and that takes you away from your main goal. And best ROI is, I believe is, is focus, right? Where your energy, where your focus goes, energy flows and the more energy you put into one thing rather, rather than like multiple different things, the better results you're going to get from that one thing and, and staying in your lane. What I find is that people will go, oh, I can see they'll watch our case studies, right? Of like all the people that get great results, you know, making thousands, thousands of dollars after a couple of months and they bought a business and they come in with the expectation of like, I need to, I'm going to buy a business within three months. And if they get to the four month range and they're like, I'm a failure because they compared their self to somebody else. So what they do is they go away and start thinking about, oh, should I buy a starter site? Should I go and hire somebody to create me a starter site? Should I go and try this other investment model? Like their main goal is like passive income and financial freedom and choice and having an abundance of choice. And when they don't get a result because they choose a short time frame, uh, they feel like a failure and then they switch gears and they do that again in the next thing. So maybe they try crypto and they do that and they go, oh, they do that for five, six months and don't make much money and they end up wasting their time. And then they go around to day trading on Forex. And then they try, I'm going to try, you know, invest in property and they can't find a property for six months or 12 months or can't get finance. Everything they do, they try is too hard. And the only reason it's too hard is because they have a shiny object syndrome and they also give themselves a short period of time to achieve a goal. Whereas if you said, I'm going to be the, one of the like greatest crypto investors, 
if you gave yourself a 30 to 40 year chunk, I'm sure you're going to have a lot more confidence in doing it, right? Rather than, oh, I'm just going to try and see how this goes. You shouldn't, I don't believe trying things is just disgusting. Um, if you want to give, set yourself up to success is like, go for it and then stick with it. And that fear of missing out is like, accept it. Like, yeah, you're going to miss out on some big wins in crypto. Fine. I do. I miss out on some big wins in property, Forex, gold. The thing is you can't, like, you can try and invest in everything, but you're going to be a jack of all trades. You're not going to be an expert in one. That's where, that's the way I like to see it is like, except like, yeah, you're going to miss out on some things. And so be it. <laughs> that's so true. It's true. If you focus, you, I think you told me this like a few weeks ago, like, William, if you work on something, it'll probably get better. If you work on it over a period of time, it will probably get better. <laughs> Well, exactly. It's, it's, it's like, it struck me as so novel. I was like, oh, this isn't working. Like, well, you're like, well, just keep working on it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we like human beings. It's like, we like, we're funny creatures, right? Like we have so much room for error and we just want the path of least resistance the whole time, yeah. which is why I always recommend people to like, the obstacle is away. When it's getting hard, lean into the obstacle, work out why and go, oh, cool. I've just cleared the path for more growth on this one path that I'm already on. I don't need to go to the shiny object syndrome or the shiny objects, chase those things and, and then have the fear of missing out because I know that if I stick with this one thing for five years, 10 years, I'm going to get results. And this is what I like to tell people is like, if you're going to buy a business, give it a crack for at least five years before you go, all right, I can't buy an online business, right? If more often than not, when people buy their first online business, it's absolutely life-changing because they've just opened up a gateway. It's more life-changing than doing a university degree usually. And a university degree takes four years, sometimes five years, and it costs you tens of thousands of dollars. To study to buy an online business is a fraction of that and it can take you less time. But if you give yourself the same amount of time, your life can be more the result can be more life-changing in a four-year period doing that than studying in college. God, People just don't give themselves enough time. <laughs> more time. And Focus, space. time. Wow. It's really just good mm. character over a period of time. That's what it sounds like. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe like... So many people focus on success being a certain metric or a certain like uptrend in a chart of investing or, you know, that's not success. I believe success is like you having good foundational principles that support your life in any direction that you go. I love that. That's internal. So I wanted to ask you, what do you see keeping people from not investing in online businesses. So for example, someone who doesn't know even that there are businesses for sale online. So how does someone who's there, what do you see that that's blocking them from making the choice or deciding to begin looking for an online business to buy? Where's the blockage? I think What's the obstacle? The biggest, yeah, the biggest blockage is not being conscious that you can buy an online business. I think most people that want to make an income online, they go, ah, oh, cool. I need, to, I need to make an on income online. What do you think of when you need to make, go to, like if you just go, oh, I need to make an income online, what's your first like go-to thought of what you need to do? I'm going to set up an e-com brand or e-com store. Yeah. You need to start a business, right? Anybody that makes money online, they started a business. No, that's not true. So many people buy them 
I mean, and I'm, I look, hey, I'm the human being here that failed at this too. I thought if I want to make money online, I need to start an online business. Mm. I tried it, started a couple. I sucked at it. I failed multiple times. I bought one and it went well. And it kept, and I, tr- I did it the second time, it went well. Third time, it went well. I was like, okay, like that's not the only, I think the biggest blockage is, is people just don't know you can go and buy something that's already built and is already making an income past that 90% failure rate. That's probably the biggest blockage that stops people from buying a business is because they just don't don't know it exists. Maybe also that if they do know it exists, they have the perception of like, I need a couple of hundred thousand dollars to buy a business. That could be a, a secondary um, prevent, like preventative, I guess. That, yeah, yeah they, don't, they might not have enough money. Whereas you can get finance now these days and it's a lot easier than it was just five years ago. Uh, and also you can buy a business that's like, 20, 30 grand. Yeah, which is crazy, right? I mean, I tell people that pretty often throughout the week. And it blows, I told my barber the other day and it blew his yeah. mind. And he, really? Uh, yeah, and in general, if you if I tell people that very often, they're like, oh, well, that would never work. <laughs> and I, I, it's usually- <laughs> What do you mean it would never work? It's already working. I know that's, yeah, I don't want to get us off track, but someone the other okay. day was like, ah, oh, that wouldn't, I told him what I do, you know, and, and what Bob does help helping people, you know, escape their nine to five, find a great business yeah. without too much risk. Like, like I explained it, like we, we help people buy businesses and they were like, ah, oh, yeah, that, that job would never work. <laughs> oh, it's funny. That's I was funny. like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> But that's where the opportunity is because there's an uneven throughout the population. There's an uneven awareness of pretty much everything. Like no one knows everything. So that's yeah. No, no nobody knows. Like the way I think about it is like it's, if it's like a twenty or thirty grand business. Some people buy a car for more than twenty to thirty grand. Yeah. yeah. And the car, yeah, you need it for transport, but you don't need a twenty to thirty grand car for transport. It's not absolutely necessary. With the right. twenty to thirty grand, you could spend thirty grand on a liability, which is a which is a car, mm-hmm. right? The cost you money every single month you pour money into it insurance maintenance fuel if you put 30 grand into a business that's an asset it's going to pay you an income so understanding like those philosophies is is so beneficial like in any any so you see how i like to use the philosophies more than the the vehicle because that philosophy is suited to investing in property as well. Mm-hmm. You could spend 30K on a car or you could spend 30K on deposit for a property or same with crypto, put 30K into crypto, leave it for 10 years. I'm sure it's going to be okay. Or I'm not a crypto expert, but or put it in ETFs. I'm sure it's going to be okay. You're going to make, it's going to set you up way better than just buying a 30K car. Maybe you could buy a 10K car and put 20K into ETFs and you've still got the motor transport and you, you win at both. <laughs> I love that. But my ego requires that I have a $100,000 car, Jared. Yeah. Oh, I'm, the ego, I drive a ego, minivan, yeah. If you way. let your ego win, then that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I yeah. love that. Ego is the enemy, right? <laughs> ego is the enemy. It is. Well, that's a sh- for our viewer or listeners, that's a shameless plug for Ryan Holiday's other book. Uh, he wrote The Ego, yeah. or ego is the Enemy and Obstacles the Way, but neither here mm. nor there. Okay, so you you did this thing successfully for yourself. You set up, or you you purchased and grew a couple of businesses. You did that well. How did it begin to be that you began helping other people do the very same thing of buying a business and growing the business? How did that unfold? Yeah, so 
I was actually telling this story just last week with somebody who actually knows somebody in our space as well, who knows some people in Australia that were teaching you to buy small little sites on Flipper. They knew a couple that were doing some events in our city that lived in our city. And I went to that couple's event and I had two businesses at the time and I was just learned, like trying to grow them. And everybody in the audience, they were teaching people how to start businesses. That, that couple ended up inviting me to Thailand to their business retreat. I went to Thailand and on that business retreat, everybody's talking on the, you know, we're going to an excursion on a bus. Everybody's talking, you're meeting people. One time I found myself, I was on the bus in the middle of the bus and every, I was sitting there and somebody asked me what I, what I did and how it worked and stuff like that. I was talking about, I bought this business, it costs this much. I do this, I do that. I had two businesses at the time. Actually, no, I think I had three businesses at the time and it caught another person's ear that was sitting next to us. And then somebody sitting behind us and then somebody sitting in front of us and pretty quickly like the whole bus was just like <laughs> you know sitting around me asking questions and like like what do you mean like mm -hmm. you can just go buy these things and they already make money like i don't need to start a business and they're learning to try to start a business and uh somebody goes can you get on stage tomorrow and, and teach us how to do this it's not my event it's not my stage i, I can't do that but mm -hmm. I quickly found out that there was a big need for this. And as I, from that trip after Thailand, I spent about a year and a half traveling, just surfing around Central and South America. And a lot of people were also like, dude, you need to teach me how this, how, mm. you know, I want to keep traveling like you. And from that, I was like, wow, there's really is a need to this. So I thought I'm just going to create a course. So I created a course when I was living in Mexico. I would surf in the morning, come back, write part of the course and go for another surf. And then I wanted to launch this and I wanted to do it really well. So I basically got about 10 friends that I'd met from traveling that were wanted to, were interested in this and a couple back home and I gave it to them and I, I presented it to them, right? I, I actually went through the, co the course with them live together, hand in hand. A couple of people got close to buying a business, but nobody bought a business. Uh, and I gave it away to them for free. And then when I came home, I was like, I'm going to have a good, good crack at this. I'm actually going to sell this thing. When people paid money for it, they were actually became accountable that they actually wanted to get a result for actually, you know, a return for putting their money into it. And that's when people started buying businesses and it just, it just went, went off. Oh, that's crazy. So with pretty much the same material, the difference was some people bought the material and they did better than the people who did not buy the material. Yeah. hundred percent. Think of it this way. If I give you a book, William, and I, I, I say, Mate, if you read this book, it's absolutely life-changing. Like I can guarantee you'll have a 10 times better life in all areas of your life, financially, health-wise, physicality, everything. In 10 years' time, you'll be 10x. Read this book. So valuable. I give that book to you for free. If I said, William, I've got this book, and you may or may not read the book that I gave you for free. You, you might like read like the first chapter or whatever mm -hmm. it is, and then you may actually be like, oh, you know, how is this even possible? Like 10X in all areas of my life, like from one book, you know, may not believe in it. Then I say, William, I've got this book. It costs 1500 bucks. It's the best investment you'll ever make. It will 10X you in all areas of your life. You must buy this book and you must read it and read it three or four times. And I can guarantee you it'll, you know, you will, you will, it'll 10X your life. If you buy that book, 1500 bucks, you're bloody reading that book. <laughs> yeah. And not only do you read that book, but you have so much more conviction that that book is going to get your result because you paid for it and you paid a lot for it. What book is 1500 bucks? Not many, but a free book, meh, 
not much value. You just don't perceive there's much value. So there's the perception there as well. And that's why doing some courses and paying a decent amount of money is like actually worth it because it holds you accountable. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that, that having skin in the game makes people perform better. So we just talked about having skin in the game, perceptions of value, pretty much you just touched on. I wanted to ask, who do you, Jared, look up to as a model, someone to emulate, either live or written? Oh, that's good. Give you some leeway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have like yeah, somebody, because I don't really follow people, right? Like I don't really do the social media thing and follow influencers. But there are some people that have been quite influential to me and it's not just all of them. I think it can be dangerous to be have one person that is like that you follow them and you're like, I need to be that person. Mm. Um, and then you miss out on like the, the specialness of like and the magic of who you are and doing it in your own way and creating your own life. So I actually take parts from a bunch of different people. I don't look up to many billionaires. Why? Because billionaires, they have like, they work a lot, right? And they sacrifice so much. Like they can't just go surfing when, well, they could. They could just go surfing whenever they want. But their goal is like big wealth and I think they're, it's not something that I value. I, I, I value being very wealthy. It's, it's great. I love money. But I value time and spending time with doing things I love with the people I love. And I think billion, that's where I, so I take parts from billionaires of some parts of their mindset around building wealth and building businesses, which is great. Um, like Keith Cunningham. I don't know if most people would know who Rich Dad Poor Dad is, but most people don't know who Keith Cunningham is. Keith Cunningham is Rich Dad Poor Dad's Rich Dad. Hmm, okay. Um, Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, Keith Cunningham, um, made a lot of money through property investing and in business. Uh, also like Joe Polish, who, uh, has a network or a mastermind called the genius network where he connects a lot of really well like-minded people. I think that's quite cool. I look up to look up to him a little bit and his business and business model, but also look up to like Kelly Slater, Kelly Slater, like lives what I would say is the dream. He's got multiple great businesses that make a really good impact. He's got his own wave pool. He gets to surf around the world. But what what I think is the most valuable thing about Kelly Slater's life is that he's so deeply connected with so many people in the world and he has great relationships with so many amazing, mm -hmm. amazing people, right? Like if Kelly, Kelly Slater wants to go hang out with Kevin Hart, he can go hang out with Kevin Hart or Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever he wants, like he's got so, like he's really good friends with like Bill Murray. And I think the best thing about Kelly's life that I look up to is like, yeah, he's got wealth and he's got money and businesses and he's got uh, an illustrious career. He's like, he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion, in any sport. Like he's 50 and he's, and he's like winning events and competitions in like one of the hardest physically demanding sports in the world. Like surfing is very physically demanding. At 50, it's pretty exceptional, but what I think is more exceptional is just like the, the love of the relationships that he has. Like that's what I look up to personally. Good, he has good relationships with people. He has access or just good peace with a lot of good people. That's yeah. I love a lot of what Kelly does, but one, and this is just a part that he went through in his life. Like when he was really focused on his surfing, he had a daughter and he didn't really spend much time with his daughter. So he missed out on a fair bit of that, but I think he's playing catch up with that. Mm -hmm. 
but he's a human being. Yeah. He's not perfect as well. So there's one thing that I would be like, oh, maybe if I had a, a daughter or a son, I would like make sure I put that time aside and sacrifice some relationships with a lot of people to have a better relationship with my child. That's if I have a family. But this, you can, I, 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 there's parts that I take from people. I don't just go, I want to be Kelly Slater or I want to be this billionaire. It's like I like to see and I like to also think about what do they do good and what do I not like about them? Like mm. how can I prove part of their life is not for me so I don't slip up into not becoming who I am supposed to be as a person and my magic and, and specialty. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I've heard a similar thing with uh, goals and anti-goals. Goal is something mm. you're striving towards and the anti-goal is like, like for example, a rock star's goal is to be a big rock star, but the anti-goal is not to destroy your family and your friends and live the rock star lifestyle and ruin everything. So I love that. Yeah, know what you're going towards and what you're avoiding. You know? Yeah. So cool. I want to hear a success story. I want to hear somebody you've helped. How did, how did you help them? What obstacle did they overcome? And then what ended up happening to them? What was the result? Something to make me smile. When I first started, I mean, I've helped people make a lot of money. Um, there's a few that come like the, the vanity metrics come to mind straight away. Cause I know that stuff's going to sell like, you know, Phil who didn't know what an online business was, uh, and he's working in construction, hated it, wanted to spend more time with his kids and he bought a business and he started making 48 grand a month from the first business he bought, but he didn't know what a business was, but online business was before those sorts of things come to mind, which is awesome and massively changed his life. But I think like, I really get excited about when I first started out and Phil was one of the, one of the, you know, in the top, he's like the first 10 or 20 people that bought a business with my help at that time, time period as well. I was doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with people and I would help them go through their finances and fix their leaky bucket. Mm. Um, leaky bucket syndrome is something that I talk about in, in, in some training that we have in the Bob community, but I help them fix the leaky bucket, which is like fixing their finances where they could, you know, they're able to save, you know, 10 to 20 grand, sometimes 30 grand a year by just fixing their leaky bucket. Uh, and then also just, you know, through fixing their leaky bucket, working out how much money went to alcohol or cigarettes. And then also the mindset training that I liked, I like to do myself and live like my morning routine and a lot of the mindset stuff that I teach in terms of like not manifesting of like thinking things are just going to poof and come into existence, but like vision and alignment that actually gets results because there's a lot of things that in manifesting that people just don't know about that doesn't work and they try to manifest and it doesn't happen. Um, so some of the things that I was teaching and do was teaching through one-to-one -one stuff in the early days that's, you know, where people, you know, they quit smoking, stopped drinking as much. They got promoted in their job, started earning more money. They woke up every day feeling like, fuck yeah, I, I love my life. And then also that wearing off on their kids where at the dinner table before they would have dinner, their kids would be like, oh, well, dad, like before we start, what's, what's your gratitude for the day? Like that stuff is like, for me, I'm like, heck yeah, that's, that's that's a success. That's a huge success for me. Oh my god, that makes me like that makes me feel so good inside. Yeah. Okay. Here. Okay. Here's here's one. I'm veering off script again. You told me something yeah, two it. weeks ago that's had a huge positive effect on me that will be valuable to other people. Do you want to explain what ITF is and implementing ITF for me for the past, I guess, what a week, maybe two weeks? Like it's helped me get things done and then feel good and have momentum throughout my day. It's been like something that's 
like improved my quality of life in the day. And so please explain to us ITF. ITF stands for important tasks first. So important tasks first. A lot of people have a big to-do list and they want to get everything done. I hate big to-do lists because they just fuel this one thing that just causes them to do nothing, which is anxiety. So having a smaller to-do list is best. But also when we do have a small to-do list, even if it's four or five things on our to-do list, what often happens is because we're human beings and we like the path of least resistance, what do we do? We do the easier task first. And then we get to the end of the day and we're like, Mm, damn like i didn't do the hard task and that was the most important one like, like <laughs> we know it's the most important one right and we didn't do it so what happens and whilst that's not great in terms of productivity right so um, this is really productivity fix the byproduct of it is feeling better about yourself so at the end of the day if you don't get that task done what you do is you roll into the next day feeling like a failure who want, who anybody that starts their day feeling like a failure is like, oh man, what's the chances of you going to get that task done now, right? Of course you, because you already seen, feel like crap about yourself. You're not as productivity. You're going to go for the easier tasks again. And then as that compounds, right, you can call these green line decisions or red line decisions. Green line decisions that compound make your life better and better and better and easier and easier, easier versus like red line decisions. Like you don't do the hard task. It makes you feel bad. The byproduct of that, the second and third order consequences. And then the next day you make another red line decision and the compounding of negative decisions or pessimistic decisions in terms of productivity, right? So what I like to tell people to do is strip the list. Even if you just have two things on your list and they, I call it ITF. So if you put your important tasks first and you do them first thing in the day, and it doesn't need to be the first thing of the day, like my productivity hours are in the morning. It could be the first time you sit down at your desk or first time you sit down at your computer and do the work in your productivity hours, which could be, you know, sometimes for people it's like 2 a.m. to like 5 a.m. It's everybody's different, but do your ITF, do your important tasks first, get that crossed off. And what does that do? Makes you feel so damn good because you just ticked off the hardest thing, right? It's like, yes, I got a good job done. What does that mean? Next, The next um, less harder task, you do that with the energy of confidence mm. and the energy of like, I've got this. I just did the hardest task. Now I'm going to do the, the next, the less harder task. And you do that feel better and then if there's three things on your list you do the last one you finish the day and you're like boom wake up the next day and you're ready to ready to rock again so i think itfs are the most important and and prevent us from like prevent us from actually going and just finding the path of least resistance like comes back to again the obstacle is the way lean into the hardest tasks just get the thing done and mm. it's gonna help yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm glad that was a game changer in just I, a week I, I, for you. That's cool. I wanted to tell – sorry, everybody. I wanted to tell you, Jared, uh, a couple of days ago, but I didn't mention it. I wanted to keep things concrete while we were speaking, but I wanted to be like <laughs> – and by the way, ITF has massively just helped me feel – helped me do more, which is great, cool. and feel better and momentum. and Yeah. I love it. Great work. I love it. Yeah, share that with me, please. Yeah, no, I will. I'm, I'm sure it's very encouraging. So keep sharing that with people. That's why yeah. I brought yeah. it up for sure. Thanks. So yeah, thanks. Um, all right, folks, let's get back to the back to the stuff, which is very good. All right, let's pretend, Jared, that you have a time machine. Okay, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't rush. 
Yeah, don't rush. I would say to my younger self, give give yourself more time to achieve goals. This kind of comes back to like what I was saying before is like, if you set yourself five years to buy a business, like you're going to do it with less stress, less anxiety, you're going to enjoy the process a lot more. And you because you enjoy the process and you have less stress and less anxiety around it, you're probably going to get a better result because you're thinking and decision making is a lot clearer. When I was younger, I wanted to just like go like I was just a rabbit. Like I was just like, just get at it, like take action, do as many things as I can. At one stage, my parents were like, Jared, you're doing too many things. Like you just, you can't, you just can't do it. Like I would tell myself that like find one path, stick to it, give yourself time. Time in the market is better than timing the market. Mm. So time in the space is better than trying to work out when's the best time to start something. It's like, just get in start it and just do it and stick with it and give yourself a decade give yourself two decades give you have three decades like if i'm 18 and i give myself to 38 just before i'm 40 that's two decades of growth in one area i'm going to be very good at something and it's going to probably make me a lot of money uh because i've put 20 years to it so just give myself a break give myself more space and more time be patient give yourself a break all right, folks. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. You heard it here. Wise <laughs> sayings from a, a Australian Yoda. No, no, no. No, but seriously. No, thank you. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, thanks. Thank you so much, Jared, for, for all of these uh, answering my, my annoying questions. And uh, I hope everyone listening, they, they got a lot of value out of it. So. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll speak to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Definitely not annoying questions. They're <laughs> awesome. And I, I thoroughly enjoy this. So yeah. And if everybody thinks this is valuable, please, please email us in, let us know, and we can get more tailored, tailored questions that may be beneficial to them. So yeah, thanks for getting me on, William. I love it. It's great. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll, uh, we'll be doing this again. I'm sure I'll badger you and make you do another one. All right. All right. We'll take it easy, man. See you guys. See you.